So for the third time in as many months, Apple is holding yet another special event to announce new products. So what is it this time? Well, we expect Apple will announce the company's very first Macs that are powered by their own Apple Silicon chips. Yep, so long Intel. What does that mean exactly and why is it a big deal? That's exactly what Jason Perlow and I are going to discuss on this week's episode of Jason Squared. So Perlow, what exactly is Apple Silicon? So Apple Silicon, Jason, is the company's own series of ARM instruction-based microprocessors. Okay, just as we've seen running on products such as the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, Apple TV for the last decade. But now the chips have been adapted to Mac computers as well as the OS itself, Big Sur, otherwise known as Mac OS 11. Uh, the short answer, it means no more Intel chips. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, this, this move for Apple of ditching Intel and going to their own processors has been a rumor for, I don't know, the last, what, four or five years. Yeah. And it, it kept, every time it'd come up, it'd say it was a couple years out, a couple years out, and then Back in, in June at WWDC, uh, their developer conference, they announced, hey, we're making this move. Not only are we making it, we're going to do it this year, or at least start the transition this year with the first products available by the end of the year. So it's a big deal. Intel really dropped the ball with Apple and actually with all of their customers as a whole, missing shift targets and everything else. This is a big deal for Intel to lose Apple, especially at, over the course of the next couple of years as they move more computers to their own silicon processors. And we know that the performance is there based on what we see in Apple's iPads and iPhones on a daily basis. So the performance is there. They just need to be a little bit beefed up, I guess you could say, in order to improve the experience on a Mac. So what kind of Macs are we expecting exactly? Do we know? Well, I mean, the whole line, you know, eventually, right? So, I mean, Apple has said that it will completely transition to Apple Silicon by 2022. Yeah. So, you know, that means, you know, MacBooks to Mac, all the way up to Mac Pro, right? But, you know, Bloomberg has said we should see potentially a MacBook Air and maybe you know, two MacBook Pros uh, ne next week. The DTK, otherwise known as the Developer Transition Kit that Apple sent to its developers under a non-disclosure was a Mac Mini uh, with the A12Z processor that was in uh, the 20, I believe, uh, 19 or 2020 2018. iPad. Yeah, 2018. 2018, 2018 iPad Pro. So uh, it's probably safe to say that we're going to see that uh, you know, with refreshed internals, you know, probably an A14 derivative processor that's in yep. the current, uh, you know, iPad Air and, and, and the new iPhones. Um, and, you know, we've also heard that there might even be a new uh, large screen iMac um, in the future. Now, but personally, personally, um, I want to see a production version of that DTK, um, a Mac mini uh, with Apple Silicon and, you know, an A14 or something. Uh, my wife's Windows laptop that's like four years old is due for a PC upgrade. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I want to get her this time around. I want to be I want to be an all Mac house if I can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense to see them. I mean, like you said, they have a developer transition kit that's out in the wild. We know that because developers have tweeted pictures and some um, have even posted about their experience on Twitter. And I'm not going to name names because there is an NDA. But it seems that the Mac Mini uh, form factor itself makes a lot of sense for a developer kit. But also the experience for them has been really, really well received. There, of course, are bugs. There are issues uh, with it. But overall, 
uh, from what I've read, the experience has been, you know, a lot better than, let's say, uh, Microsoft's ARM experience with the Surface Pro X with app compatibility and whatnot, which I guess leads us into our next big question. It's one of the biggest questions I have, and I'm sure it is for you as well, Jason, is yeah. what, is, what does this transition mean exactly? Like, we're talking about it in very broad terms, but when you get down to it, switching core architectures for the processors in devices is a big yeah. deal. And there's a lot that goes into it that could impact not only consumers, but enterprise users as well. So what do you think the biggest impact is going to be on consumers and enterprise here? So, you know, for the time being, I, I think that the, the translation and emulation layer that the, the Rosetta uh, software, which is a basically it's it's the it's the it's the emulator that runs on uh, Big Sur that takes x86 instructions and translates them into native ARM instructions on the fly. Okay, it provide what that provides should be it should be sufficient to address most of the applications that exist in the consumer and also the enterprise space. Now, over time, developers will take the the compilers switch in Xcode on on their source code and they'll compile it, and the apps will be natively executing on Apple 64-bit silicon. They'll be native binaries, but there's gonna be a few gotchas on the way right. that depending on how those apps were built, okay, what frameworks they used, you know, did they use Cocoa and all this other stuff, things like that, um, you know, the, so some apps might take longer to port than others, and there might be performance issues with certain types of programs, okay? But what I'm most personally interested in seeing is the porting of existing iOS and iPad apps over to Apple Silicon using Catalyst. Okay, now, yeah. Catalyst is that is that developer kit that was introduced originally um, with the the previous version of Mac OS um, to take uh, source code from from iPad and iPhone and then create native uh, Mac OS apps using those APIs. Okay. Uh, now, the, the new version of Mac OS uh, 11 even has built-in iPad emulation, right? So you can take a native iPad app and run it on Apple Silicon without making any changes at all, okay? Yeah, in um, theory. <laughs> in, in, in theory. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. Um, right. there, I mean, uh, none of those have been published to the App Store. Now, there may be a reason for some, some people to switch to from their Intel-based Macs if there is a substantial new library of these new Catalyst apps or, or iPad apps uh, to draw from in the App Store, uh, you know, and then another side benefit to this Apple Silicon migration may be uh, an emergence of more of these Catalyst applications that originated on on the iPad, on ARM, and on the iPhone, but then cross compile back to Intel, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, and, and we've seen some early signs of this from Apple itself. I think, for example, their news app and a few other things were originally Catalyst apps, but they're running on the Intel version of Big Sur uh, just the same. We could see developers do the very same thing, take their iPad apps, you know, throw the compiler switch from ARM over to Intel and populate the App Store with them. Now, um, you know, so the opposite is, is, is true, right? So the question is how many developers are gonna take the time and the effort to actually compile for both architectures going forward? You know, there's a lot of testing and stuff that has to be done, you know, for each of these apps. It's not just flip the switch and yeah, of course it's gonna work perfectly. There's gonna to have to be all sorts of things they're gonna to have to check and look at to make sure all these, these apps behave as they should once they're, once they're compiled over to the new architecture. 
Yeah, so when Catalyst launched two years ago, that's that was yeah. its main purpose. Catal- was, with Catalina, yeah, I believe. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah it, 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 its main purpose was to give developers a way to bring their iPad apps to to the Mac. At the at that time, it was only Intel Mac, right? There wasn't Apple Silicon. There was rumors, but it wasn't confirmed. And so Apple did launch a handful of apps of their own that were already using Catalyst. Uh, News was one of them, like you said, Stocks, the, the Voice yeah. Memo app, or a few others. And then when they announced macOS Big Sur, they expanded that to the new and improved Catalyst to include messages. So now you'll have, when Big Sur launches, the messages app will have reactions, and you'll have the fancy full-screen animations, and, and some uh, iMessage apps will be built into the messages app. It's a lot more like what you have on your iPhone or iPad now. So... I think there's developers like Twitter is the prime example. It's the one Apple always likes to tout that has already taken advantage of using Catalyst to make a iPad version of the app work on the Mac. And for the most part, Twitter... Twitter's Catalyst app is pretty good. Like, there's it's, not. I don't. I personally don't use it. I use it. I'd use a different app, but it's it, it works decently enough for. Friday. I only use it for DMs because they took away real-time DMing um, in third-party apps on across the board. So I only use it when I'm having a DM conversation with someone. Um, but I I much prefer the Catalyst app on a Mac than what I use on the iPad uh, or the Twitter app on an iPad, just because there's a lot of wasted space on an iPad, whereas on the Mac you could resize the window. But it, anyways, it, it's. It's not bad, right? And so I think that the benefit going forward, though, once the ARM Apple Silicon chips are in computers and there's less work for developers to port over, presumably, I'm not a developer. I don't know how much work has gone into it. I've read some developers' uh, posts and Twitter feeds that they've talked about the work. It doesn't seem like it's a huge lift in order to port it over. Uh, it's, it is a couple button clicks and ensuring yeah. that resizing works and whatever else. Uh, so I'm really intrigued. I can't wait to see what the apps look like. There is going to be growing pain. Of course, there are, you know, I would imagine Photoshop, uh, any of the Adobe Creative Cloud stuff yeah, is more, not going big, to work. More com- the big, more complicated apps are, you know, the billion dollar apps. Those are the ones that are going to be the hardest uh, yeah. to move, especially the, the creative stuff. Um, you know, anything where you're working with, with complex workflows and stuff, I think those are going to be the hardest to build. But I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, like Facebook for yeah. an iPad or an, an iPhone uh, ported to, to, to Mac OS. Um, you know, things like Facebook Messenger, you know, lo- lots of the things that we use in our mobile life, right? Sure. I want to see them on the desktop. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that kind of unification of macOS and iOS, they're not the same, right? macOS still isn't built as a touch interface because there's not a no. touchscreen Mac in existence, right? The iPad and Mac are starting to look a lot more similar. And after Apple Silicon launches and Big Sur launches, it's going to be even more similar to iPhone as well. Uh, there's a lot shared DNA there. Um, but, you know, other benefits to switching over to Apple Silicon is they own the entire stack now. They're not beholden right. to Intel's release schedule and their performance gains. Apple controls its own destiny now. But specifically, the benefit of ARM processors, once you get rid of all the app compatibility issues, which yeah. is going to take time, that is not going to be a day one launch problem solved. It may be better off than Microsoft. We'll have to wait and see. I have a hunch it is, but we just don't know until we actually have these devices and we start installing apps ourselves. But the other benefit is performance gains. Apple has proven that their A series processors are super powerful and battery life. And this also enables the chance for 
Apple to add cellular connectivity to a MacBook Air for the first time, right? They haven't done it yet. They own the whole stack now. They have better battery life thanks to the ARM processor. You, you know, I have uh, Microsoft Surface Pro X, which is, there's, I have the SQ2 right. uh, processor version, which is the second version of the Pro X with the faster processor. And it has a built-in LTE modem. And I could get 16 hours of battery life on that thing. That's the kind of stuff we're looking at here for Apple. I would assume they probably get a little bit more out of their own processors. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But there's a lot of benefits down stream for ARM processors that just isn't, okay, well, Apple controls its own, you know, stack now. There's some battery life improvements and overall experience as well. But I guess the last biggest question we have, or at least I have, is what are we going to look at for price here? Like what <laughs> is Apple going to charge a premium for the first generation for the early adopters like they normally do? You know, the Apple tax is, as it's often called is, hey, if you're going to get on board early, you're going to pay a little bit extra. And then a year or two, they start passing down the cost savings. Or is it going to launch at the same price that the Intel Macs are, are uh, shipping at right now? That's my biggest question. And I, I don't have an answer. What do you think? So, Jason, I, I honestly, I expect them to cost about the same as they do now. Really? Uh, with the company having its own semiconductor supply chain, okay, and this is the same supply chain they've had for a long time because they've been, you know, they've been building these things for, for 10 years, right? Yeah. Um, it's, the same, it's the same supply chain. Not having to purchase major components from Intel, right, the, the microprocessors, the support chips and all that and, and all those, that kind of stuff is significantly going to improve the con company's margins considerably over the long term, okay? Now, if they were to be more expensive, I think that would backfire. But there's really no reason for them to make this more expensive when, when they're, where they're going to enjoy a considerable uh, a margin uh, Im improvement. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no question they're going to cut their, they'll probably cut their, they'll probably improve their margins by at least 20%. Uh, uh, by by using their their own supply chain and their and their own manufacturing processes and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm hopeful that they will that they're going to cost about the same. I don't think they're going to be cheaper, but they'll they'll probably cost about the same. Yeah. So I guess another question is, what's the in store experience going to be like when someone walks in after these new MacBooks are out? Let's say two weeks from now, a month from now, and they're doing some holiday shopping. Hey, I need a new MacBook for you know my kid. They're getting ready to go off to college. Whatever it is. How do they differentiate? What's the sales pitch for there's this MacBook that has Apple's processor or there's this MacBook that has Intel's processor and they're the same price? Like that that part of it, I, I can't well, work through. So the question is, what do they do with, with the, what, 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 how do they get to retire the existing product right. line, right? So I, right. So, I, so I bought a 16 inch MacBook Pro for work. Uh, you know, it was a work asset. They told me to go spend a certain amount of money, go buy a Mac. And I bought the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Um, you know, it, the question is: Are they going to retire that 16-inch MacBook Pro immediately, or are they going to have uh, a, an Apple Silicon MacBook Pro and a, and, a, and, a, and an Intel MacBook Pro simultaneously, in the same way that they've allowed, uh, you know, the iPhone 11 uh, to still be on sale while right. the iPhone 12 is on sale? Now, I I can't answer that. I mean, obviously the Mac the, the Mac Pro, I don't think they're going to introduce. Uh, uh, an Apple Silicon Mac Pro right away. Um, I don't know if they're going to introduce a, a Mac Mini right away. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of things that how they differentiate and where they launch and when and when they launch them is is your good your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, uh, and, and and how and how they show them on the floor. 
Uh, that's assuming people go into stores anymore. Right. <laughs> and yeah. just, go, uh, just go, I mean, everything well, is... It's still, a, it's an even bigger problem on a website, right? Like right. Scrolling through the Apple Store on uh, or Best Buy or B&H Photo, whatever it is, wherever you go to buy your computer, having two options and no one there to explain the difference and the benefits and the setbacks you're going to have by going to Apple Silicon on day one versus sticking with Intel. But over time, that's going to be obsolete a lot quicker than it would have been before. Like there's a lot there that they're going to have to explain. App support on day one better just be blow us away well, it, it is what it comes down to. They can't throw the 2020 and 2019 Macs in, as far as support for those systems in the in the garbage or in the bathwater sure. that quickly. I mean, I, I expect Apple to support my 20 my 16 inch MacBook that I have for work right now that I bought in February of this year um, for four years at least right. in, ter- in, ter- in terms of in terms of Mac OS support, um, in terms of applications in the store. Um, you know all that, uh, so I, I'm not concerned as a consumer and and, and as a business uh, a Mac user that my my, my product is going to go obsolete immediately. I mean that's really well, not the concern. Yeah, and I didn't mean that they were going to stop supporting you. I just mean that the company as a whole is moving away from that, and where the company moves, developers follow the new improvements and the innovation follows that as well. So you know if you buy an Intel Mac now with Apple Silicon out, how long are you truly going to be able to take advantage of the new features that Apple offers? Yeah. I mean, that are specific to Silicon. They they may just, they may discontinue them from a, from a direct sales perspective. Yeah. Uh, But I I think that the channel, you know, the Amazons of the world and the best buys will sure have a certain amount of Mac stocks. And maybe we'll see price drop on on some, on some of those Intel models as, as a result of this transition. I'm, I'm hoping for some Mac bargains, frankly. Yeah. Um, as a result of this. So. Hey, it could be a good byproduct of it. Yeah, so I think the biggest things are which Macs are we going to see? Like we said earlier, a 13-inch MacBook Air, two MacBook Pros, 13 and 16-inch is what Bloomberg is recording. We will or reporting we will see next week with other Macs later in 2021, including a Mac Pro was the rumor that's half the size of the current yeah. Mac Pro. So that will be interesting if that's the case. And, you know, the Mac Pro is... You could get them up to twenty thousand dollars. I know someone who spent twenty thousand dollars on one of those things. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, so with Apple Silicon, and and I don't want us to go off too far into this rabbit hole, but there's no dedicated GPU. There's an integrated GPU in the chip itself. So that's right. Graphics performance compared to what we have on an iPad is going to have to be a lot beefier and a lot, you know, a lot better. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of questions yet. We, we don't really know. We know it's going to be probably 814 based, which like you said earlier, is used in the new iPad Air as well as the new iPhone 12. But it's not going to be the exact chip that's used in those devices. There's going to be an Apple Silicon Mac specific chip, yeah. probably 814 I don't know. Add a letter at the end. To yeah, Z, I mean, I something. think I think the, the the numbers are going to be arbitrary as to what these chips are called. But really, what we need to look at is 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 this is a an architecture shift. There is, and they there we now have new building blocks. So yep. essentially, the, the the if we look at the core is the the physical cores themselves, right? We might see chips with you know eight, nine, ten, twelve cores, whereas the phone versions might have you know two or four cores, right? So, but they may they may just call those numbers. A14, just to refer to the generation, not necessarily, right. you know, it's not, it's, it's, 
it, it's it's a little bit different than, than the way that we look at things on the Intel side, right? You know, they'll core something Core i7 versus a versus a, a versus a Xeon versus a Core i9. We understand the difference between those two because we know how many how many how many cores they have or 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 or, 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 or amount of cash they have, whatever. You know, Apple's marketing is has always been something that's that's been a little difficult to understand from from this perspective. But, but we know that if this box is a desktop computer, if it's a laptop, we know it's more powerful than what than what's in a phone. I mean, yeah. that's that's just the way it is. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll just have to learn a new uh, new marketing language from Apple as far as it goes with Apple Silicon. Any closing thoughts, Jason? No, I mean, legit, look, Jason, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm going to be in a meeting at Apple Silicon customer because I have a, a Mac I use for work. It's a work asset. You know, it'll depreciate over time. I expect it to be supported for a couple of years. But I might pick one up for Rachel. You know, and she's got, like I said, she's got a, a Windows PC that's, that's on its last legs. And, uh, you know, um, you know, just to have one to experiment and keep around the house, sure, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I might play with one and, you know, who knows? See, let's yeah. see what my mood is like in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, as, as for me, I, I've talked on here before. I have other posts on ZDNet as well about my 2015 iMac slowly dying. Um, and so I'm ready to upgrade. I've been holding off on upgrading to see what Apple announces next week. I am excited. I don't yeah. Honestly, I think I'm more excited about this event than I was for the iPhone 12 event, just because we don't know a lot. We know some, but yeah. we don't know like the iPhone 12. We pretty much knew everything that was going on and we really don't know what's going to happen next week. So I'm hopeful the app support is there. I'm hopeful the price is right. And hey, if there's a uh, Mac mini that's ready to go, I'm, I'm probably buying one on day one. Yeah. MacBook Pro, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, I'm excited. We'll see what happens and we'll have more coverage for you guys next week. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com. Thank you.